0: Money FM 89.3 Best of Breakfast. The Bigger Picture Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the Bigger Picture. Well, Jerome Powell can't seem to top markets down, so the Fed raised rates by 25 basis points as expected, and the chair meant for the Federal Reserve actually signaled at least two more similar hikes on the way. For emphasising the need to stay restrictive for some time. Markets seem to shake that off and pushed up stocks even higher. Let's unpack it with Rob Cannell. He is the Chief Economist and Head of Research for Asia Pacific at ING. Morning, Rob. How are you doing today? Morning. Hey, lots to unpack, Rob. So let's walk through the 25 basis point rate hike. That is the eighth straight increase since March, but also the smallest. It's also the second meeting in a row. that has taken his foot off the pedal to some extent. What do you take away from the meeting, Rob?
1: Oh, it's, it's interesting, this. I mean, look, they, they are continuing to hike rates. They continue to signal that there's more to come. The markets are doing what they should do, which is not listen to the Fed, <laughs> not listen to the Fed. Look at the data and say, what do we think you're actually going to do? Rather than what are you telling us you're going to do? And in, in addition to that, I mean, there's, there's always a lot of, you know, we sort of call it Kremlin watching or Fed watching or whatever, just analysing the minutiae of tiny little comments and deviations from previous meetings. And huge amounts of, of, of money get sort of uh, wafted around financial markets based on tiny little nuances in this. And there, there, were, there were plenty of those in the, uh, the subsequent press conference last night. This is where I think all of the, um, I mean, if you could call it the damage that was done, was done. Um, you know, if, 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 the, if Jerome Powell's job is to try to tighten financial conditions, well, last night you loosened them.
0: Yeah, so what you're alluding to seems to suggest that there is a bit of a credibility issue because of what they said about inflation being transitory. So you've got the market struggling to believe them to some extent and they actually think there's going to be a rate cut or a rate pivot around the corner. Is that enough to justify that right now?
1: We really think that is going to happen. I mean, um, if you just look at where inflation in the United States was running at this time last year and and the six months running up to the middle of of last year, on a monthly basis... was running extremely high now the current run rate in uh, in the us irrespective of what the year on year rates and all those sorts of things which really tell you more about what happened 12 months ago than what's happening now you look at the month-on-month run rates even if they run a little stronger than they are doing right now, you're going to see a massive drop in headline rates of inflation. Then you have debates over whether, oh, should we just look at the service sector and strip out rentals? And you, you, you start coming up with more and more sort of fanciful mm. ways to try and maintain the fact that inflation is still high. It's not. All these other things will follow the headline down, and it's looking quite favorable. So cuts definitely on the agenda, I think, for later this year. And looking forward to 2024, further cuts there and i think that's what markets are really doing at the moment that's why the, the equity market's been rallying so hard
0: yeah rob depending on where you look you can find signs of inflation moderating to some extent uh, there's also a lot of talk about how the jobs market is still quite robust so how, how do you square these two factors together uh, and paint the inflation forecast here?
1: yeah i mean that's absolutely true the jobs market is pretty robust and tomorrow we get the non-farm payrolls the big monthly uh, labor report from the united states and it's been running at above a two hundred thousand a month rate which is not really consistent with you know rapidly falling inflation and the thing is the wages numbers that really sort of uh, feed into those inflation figures they're not what drove inflation higher in the first place they rose to meet the increase in goods and energy prices that happened as those prices fall the wages numbers will follow them down they're the last part of the economy always to move they're lagging they're still quite high but they've already turned the corner And we got more data yesterday from the employment cost index, which is a sort of broader measure of uh, of employment costs, not just wages, but bonuses and other perks and and, and things, um, which has come down to a third consecutive quarter. So they are falling. It's just they're lagging behind. By the time we get to the middle of, of this year, they will have fallen further. They'll be coming into line with these other things. And the labor market, we think, also will be, will be looking softer. And who knows? Payrolls is a complete pottery. But tomorrow, it might come in on the softer side. We got, we've got heard an ADP survey yesterday, mm. which is way softer than anyone had thought. So you know, who knows, perhaps we'll get a softer number for once.
0: Yeah, definitely the focus is going to be on the labor market. And yeah. going back to what Fetch Adjunct Paul has been saying, you know, he says it's premature to declare victory against inflation. So if you look at the overall tone coming through, would you describe it as more hawkish or dovish?
1: I think in the end, it's really not so much what he said, but what market heard. And there were a couple of things like um he talked about for the first time the disinflationary process has started. Mm. There's a big sort of ding for, for that's dovish. Um, he also said, i focus focused not on short-term uh, financial market moves. Uh, and that basically was interpreted as saying he doesn't care what's happening to the bond market. He doesn't really care that the dollar's weakening. Uh, and again, markets just took that as a, a, a sort of white, white flag to go, off. we can do whatever we like in this front now. Um, we, can, we can have lower rates. We can have softer dollar. We can have rising equities and they're not going to push back against it. So that's, I think, what was going on, irrespective of him trying to say, yeah, there's still work to be done and all that sort of stuff. It all blown away with these other comments.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, It seems like markets are listening to what they want to hear to some extent. Uh, Let's talk about what this will mean for the US dollar. It has come off a bit since the start of the year after a strong year last year. Where is it going from here?
1: Um, yeah, well, we think that the, the sort of medium-term trend over this year is we're going to see some further dollar weakness. Now, whether that uh, is going to r- ride right through this quarter or whether we've seen most of the dollar weakness for this quarter remains to be seen. As, uh, as I think you mentioned earlier up in the program, we've got the ECB meeting today. So, you know, the euro dollar is a big global benchmark and pretty much everything else drives off that, including uh, our currencies in the region. Um, so, the ECB hiking rates, 50 basis points today, it seems all but guaranteed Uh, means that we're going to see almost certainly a little bit of a a further upward tick in euro dollar, depending on the guidance for uh, for the next couple of meetings as well. So there's more of that to come. Um, And of course, once those sort of pivot and pause thoughts for the Fed really start to embed even more firmly, uh, then I think, yeah, we could see an even even a bigger push higher in euro dollar up towards something like one fifteen, and that of course will translate through uh, into stronger Asian FX against the dollar mm. through uh, through the you know the middle part of this year.
0: Rob, would it be fair to say that that would be good news for Asian economies? A weaker dollar would mean commodities, to some extent, would be relatively cheaper, so that could help um, the global growth
1: picture in the coming year. For sure, yeah, I mean commodities will be a bit cheaper, and central banks in the region won't have to work quite so hard to stop their currencies from weakening, and that means they can perhaps step off the uh, the brakes a little bit that they've been doing. Perhaps we may even begin to see uh, you know, evidence that rates have peaked uh, across the region. Possibly, again, we may, may be uh, looking at some rate cuts before the end of the year from most central banks that have done the most tightening. All right,
0: let's wrap things up with all that talk about recession. How much will Asia actually feel the recession that's playing out in perhaps Europe and the US?
1: Yeah, um, well really the one the one thing you haven't mentioned is china of course that's the other really big Mm -hmm. factor for asia uh ex-china um and and that is of course reopening that's picking up the other thing is that if the fed is managing to get inflation down really without having too big a a contraction in financial conditions then it might be raising the prospects of a softer landing still think recession of some sort is probable Um, But it might not be quite so awful. Europe's already more or less there. And some of its data is beginning to look a little bit more upbeat. I mean, it's not good, but it's certainly not uh, spiraling downwards. So there is some room to hope that uh, what recession we do get won't be as bad as could have been feared at one stage.
0: All right, we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. We've been chatting with Rob Cannell. He is the Chief Economist and Head of Research for Asia Pacific at ING. Rob, always a pleasure having you on the show.